Welcome, church. Let's all stand and worship. We've got our youth here in the house. Woo! Sing together. Before I call, before I ever cry, you answer me where the thunder hides. I can't outrun this heart I'm tethered to. With every step, I collide with you.
the way that we do it with the youth. And we stop all the time to talk about what God's doing. Because this generation is not only a generation of worshipers who set a worship culture, and sometimes we got to speak that out in faith, but they're going to worship knowing the weight of their worship. Amen? And so... As we sing this song in our youth group on Wednesdays in that fellowship hall over there or outside, wherever we have been in this past year, we're always reminded that we sing these songs not because God forgets who he is, but it's because we forget who he is. And so may these songs reflect the heart of the Father for us because we always need him to be a good father. We always need that good father. We always need that miracle maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, as our parents might fail us, our friends might fail us. Social media definitely fails us because that's a lot of their world. God never fails us and he always makes a way because I believe that these young people and the young people out there and you, young at heart, you always need somewhere to go. You need a direction. You need a goal and a purpose and a plan. And God is the one who will make the way for you. And he will never relent. He will never stop. He'll never forget you on his agenda because that is who he is. That is who he is before we can understand who we are in Christ as young people, as less young people. We always need to remember who we are is rooted in who he is. So we sing these songs to remind ourselves, who are you, God? Because this world is always saying different things about who you are. My mind is always saying different things about who you are. My mind forgets about who you are. So God, I never want to forget. That is who you are. 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 Sing it out, you are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my 
ago, uh, us as leaders kind of decided to, to put it more on these youth and the youth that are out there as far as uh, their walk with Christ goes. We, we wanted to make them more responsible for their own walk. Um, you know, Pastor Sandy, they in there, she she's guiding them. She's basically telling them how they should be walking. Um, and right now, we're trying to get them to do the walk themselves uh, because we can't hold their hands the entire time unfortunately you know um you guys are at a point now um and you know a few weeks ago we had our uh, our winter retreat and it was amazing it was amazing to see that you know um there there were no issues we all got along just fine you know we we were all having a good time uh when it came time to worship uh of course there were you know some some groans because everybody wanted to be in the snow or everybody wanted to be playing games or ping pong or playing some cards. Um, but, you know, uh, a few weeks before that, or when we first started um, trying to hold them a little more responsible, uh, we'd call them up for all to call or ask if there was anything they needed prayer for, and we wouldn't get anything. You know, they'd, they'd sit there, and, and it, 
just a, a, a quiet time of music just like this and um, the word will continue and we dismiss and um, but we know that you know what they were getting uh, the word was rich the word was deep and, and it was getting instilled into them um, and after a short time they started stepping out they started coming up and, and getting prayer and Every week, it'd be a few more, a few more. And sure, sometimes, you know, just like here at church, you wouldn't really get anybody that comes up. But when the need was there, it was met. And they came up. And we were blessed. And we um, just want to say, you know, if we haven't told you personally, all of you guys, we are very proud of you guys for what you guys are doing. Uh, this is a big step right now uh, for what you guys are doing uh, to come up here. And it's not like they've been with us practicing for months on end. It's been maybe a month, um, if even that. Uh, so it, it is awesome what you guys are doing. Um, uh, sorry. So I also wanted to say um, us as leaders, not just us as youth leaders, youth pastors, but us as leaders, congregation, parents. Um, if we want these young men and women and, and, and your children to be leaders one day in the church, um, then collectively as a whole, we have to be the example. We have to be the godly example that, that we show. They need to see us walking with the Lord. Um, like Pastor says, um, or has said before, you know, it, he's the same here as he is at home, and we have to be that. Um, because, thankfully, you know, you guys know all of us, and you know the pastors. It, it's it's a great church that, you know, doesn't say, well, I'm a pastor, so you can't talk to me yet. You have to talk to this person. It, it, everybody is approachable, and be thankful for the examples you guys have because, I mean, I had great examples in my aunt and uncle, Mike and Angie. Uh, my grandma was, you know, like I've said before, kind of the pillar of our family as far as uh, our, the walk with Christ. And sure, I've, you know, had mistakes. I've fallen back and, you know, I've, I've gone through a time where I wasn't serving the Lord, but here I am now. You know, here some of us are now in a time where it's, you know, the Lord has called us back because of those examples it was never out of reach for us you know um, so guys you need to look up to the leaders in a sense of that's how my walk needs to progress you know I, I still have people that I look up to now that that aren't my aunt and uncle and that aren't my grandma because I want to get there in my walk I want to get to that point Lastly, I just want to share, uh, we all know the story of David and Goliath. Um, you know, God chose David out of, out of his entire family uh, to, to be, um, that he was going to bless. And um, the story goes, you know, a young shepherd who was going to go into, not go into battle, but go to a battle to go check on his brothers, to go see how they were doing. Um, you know, he hears a man, a giant at, at the time. Uh, talking down about you know the army of the Lord, talking down about the, the his God, you know, and um, you know the giant calls them out, says, you know, none of you can can take me. Like I'll whoever I 
fight. If you win, you can conquer us all, and vice versa. And you know, God or David says, you know, I'll take that challenge. You know, he's not even part of the army. And so the king tries to dress him in the garb and tries to give him a sword. And David's like, I can't, I can't do anything in this. Like, how do you fight? He didn't train for that. Um, but you know, then the king's telling him, like, how are you going to slay a giant? Like, there's no way. You're just a shepherd. There's nothing you can do. And David tells him, you know, I guard my flock. I've ran into the lion. I ran into the bear that come and try to take my my flock. And I've slain them. I've killed them. And he says, you know, uh, the Lord has had my back, has protected me. Uh, and, and I know the Lord's going to protect me in this, going forward in this. And David, without a sword, walks out with a, a, a rock and a sling, flings it, hits him in the head, uses the giant's own sword to decapitate him. They're victorious. And the reason this hit me was because, not because, you know, he just happened to go slay a giant, but for that part where he says, the Lord had me in this part. The Lord had me in with the lion, with the bear. And that was nothing. I did it. So just like that, you know, the Lord's going to have you in the small. He's going to have you in the, the minor challenges, the minor things that, that the speed bumps. He's got your back. But he's also going to have you when the time comes to make a big decision or when the time comes that something you think is not going to be able to pick you up out of where you're at. He's got your back. He's got all of our backs. So continue to press in. You just need to seek him. You just need to You just need to take his hand even in the small when it's, you know, when my kids are like, "Dad, can you help me with this?" But you help them, you know, because you don't want them to fail. He doesn't want any of us to fail. But what he wants is to, for you to know that he's got you. He's just like my wife is standing there. He's behind you, covering you. And he's got your back. So we're going to go ahead, Rebecca, if we can go ahead and continue that song again. Because it's, it's such a good thing. He is a good father.
so the Lord wants to speak to us about disappointment this morning because we're just singing a song about victory and disappointment comes in the process of victory and God brought to mind this week the two women who went to Jesus's tomb as we just celebrated Easter the disciples were so disappointed they didn't even go but the two women knew one thing even though they didn't know really what was going on they were so disappointed discouraged the one thing they held on to was I need to be close to Jesus I need to honor him because for the three years they followed Jesus that's the one thing that he reminded them bring the children close to me and yet you disciples are my children too and so when we face disappointment sometimes we get burned and we don't turn back and sometimes we do that to God and as I'm talking to all of us here I know these youth have experienced a lot of disappointment in their lives when you're young there's not a lot in your control life family where you live, what school you go, you go to, sometimes what sports or instruments you participate in, who your sibling is. <laughs> and there's disappointment and sometimes we get burned. And sometimes we shy away from God. Because we're like, it's not, it's not quite how I thought it would turn out, God. So I'm, I'm going to take a break for a little bit from you. But in the women honoring Jesus, God honored them. Because women with no status, with no job, widows, prostitutes, the angel appeared and said, this is the direction that you should go to find your Jesus. So when in our disappointment we honor the Lord and we say, God, I don't know what you're doing. I'm really mad. I'm really frustrated. I'm really disappointed. My heart is breaking. The plan I had in my head has fallen to pieces. But the one thing I need to know to do is to go to Jesus in my disappointment. I need to be close to him. I need to go to his word. And there I'll find direction to where to find him in my disappointment. And, and the women, they knew where to go. And not only did they go, they went to tell everyone else. He is risen. He is alive. So God wants to come into your disappointment and show you the victory just in the fact that disappointment can't crush us. That you youth, disappointment's not going to crush you. You're going to be a generation that when you face disappointment and setbacks and letdowns and people turning their back on you, that you depend on your parents, whoever that may be, they're only human. You know who to go to. You know where to find direction. You know where your solid ground is. You know, I just need to be close to Jesus. And there I'll find my victory. In that alone, I'll find my victory. Because nothing the enemy puts in front of me can get me down and keep me down. Those women, they were sad. They were disappointed. They were crushed. My Jesus, my best friend, my savior, my rabbi, my teacher... You're gone. But just wait. Because if Jesus can take this cross that represented death, 
and extreme shame. I mean, he was naked. That's so shameful. Punishment. Public, public punishment. And disappointment. And failure. If he could take that cross and turn that evil into good, where that cross now, where we can post it in a church that's larger than any of us, It's a huge, amazing cross, MP. (laughs) He can turn that into a symbol of life, of resurrection, of power, of authority, of joy, of hope. And this is what I told the youth on Wednesday. Jesus is our hope. Sometimes we're like, God, I ran out of hope. I'm so disappointed. Well, guess what? Our hope is not anchored in us. Our, Our hope is anchored in Jesus. And if he can defeat death, if he could defeat the, the shameful meaning of this cross, what disappointment can he not handle in our lives? So we're going to sing this song. At the top of our lungs, we don't care what we sound like because we care that he is victorious and he teaches us how to be victorious. doesn't matter what setback or disappointment we face. He is risen, and he raises us up every day, every day. Let's sing this out. You take. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, and you turn it for good. You take. You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good And you turn it for good You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good And you turn it for good You take it You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good And you turn it for good I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs 
guys might be thinking, wow, this is a lot of worship. <laughs> well, that's how we do it on Wednesday nights. That's how we do it with the youth. Uh, this is a generation of declaring, of taking action, of walking with Jesus. And worship is just a huge part of what we do. Um, so I want to just welcome everybody here. This is Unbound Youth. So uh, Mike Martinez is going to come up. We do have a few announcements. You guys could go ahead and uh, sit down. Thank you. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody awake? I know it's hard to wake up teenagers early, early in the morning. I know because I have some. So thank you guys. You guys are doing an amazing job. Awesome job. We want to welcome all the first-time visitors. If you're a first-time visitor, thank you for coming. Please, there's uh, information cards that are behind the uh, pews there. Um, you guys can fill them out. Any prayer requests, get your information. Um, please fill those out. Um, also, if you're not signed up for the weekly newsletters um, you can email us to so that way you guys get all the information for during the week what's going on here at crossroads um, that email is tlopez at ccsmh.org now during the week we're a church that's active right like pastor lynn and david they always say we're a muscle church right well you got to work out those muscles right if you're not working out those muscles, then what are you doing? Sitting on the couch, you know, eating potato chips and not getting healthy. So we're a church that believes in being active in our faith and ministry. And there's many opportunities we have. We have the, the youth. We have the uh, fellowship, uh, the Bible studies we have on Friday nights, uh, the men's group, the women's group. Um, they got a hiking um, there's all sorts of things to stay connected, so make sure you do that, right? Uh, May 23rd, May 23rd, an important date. I encourage you, if you have not been baptized, get baptized, pray about it. Um, sign up, it'll be May 23rd, water baptism. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It'll change your walk with God. <clears throat> I can I can attest to that. We have our <clears throat> Israel trip coming up. It's June 6th through 16th, 2022. Um, if you want to go or need more information, you can probably talk to Pastor David here. Um, and he's got all that info for you. <clears throat> and we also have our online sermons. If you miss a day or, you know, there was a sermon that you really, really got just spoke to you, just ministered to you. Um, you can get those online. You can get them on Spotify. You can get them on Apple Podcasts. Just search up Crossroads Christian Center and you'll see it there. Now, we're also a church that believes in sowing. <laughs> Amen. We need to sow as a church. And uh, we we support a lot of missionaries. Now, I got this. I got this. These announcements late last night. And I was like looking through them and I said, are you kidding me? Now, there's some words that are hard for me to pronounce. <laughs> and this is one of them. Um, 
So our missionary of the week, it's Kim and Laurel Harvey. And I'm going to try and, and, and say this. Rural Compassion is the name of their ministry. Now what they do, um, they also work together with Convoy of Hope. Um, they go into the towns and nationwide. They're from Northern California. And they travel across uh, America and they go to the towns that you've never even heard about. There's towns that I've never even heard about. There's a people I've never even met or seen or knew that existed. And they go in and they help these people. They help these pastors. They don't have the resources, the finances, and they set them up. They get connected. Um, how many of you know that we still got to do some work here in America? Amen. So please pray for them, but also give. If, if you can, give to support their ministry. Amen. And with that, we go into uh, tithes and offerings. It's another form of worship. Because you're showing God and you're saying, Lord, I trust you. I trust you with everything. I trust you with my finances. We can trust them with our salvation, but sometimes we can't trust them with our money. And it's not even ours, it's his. Amen? So give. Amen? I'm going to go ahead and bless this offering. One more announcement, I'm sorry. We have we started on, on Tuesdays, Nick and, and Anthony started on every Tuesday night, 6.30. Um, all the men and youth have been getting together and playing some basketball inside of the gym here. So if you guys are want to get, you know, get a workout in and <clears throat> be like me, get embarrassed and walk away. And, but uh, show up. It's, it's open to everybody, all ages. It doesn't matter. Um, show up Tuesdays at 6.30. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just thank you, Father God, because you are a good father. You're a good father, Father God, and you say that you'll take care of us, Father. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, the seed that gets sown today, Father God, that it would just go out and do what you, what you desire it to do, Father. So bless those that give, bless those that can give also, Father. Lord, multiply to do your will, in Jesus' name. Let's give the youth another hand.
We have Lowen in the back doing um, the PowerPoint as well. He learned a new program this morning. We got Michael doing offering. Thank you very much. You're awesome. Thank you, worship team. Uh, this is all new for the youth, and we're loving it. Uh, <laughs> my nephew's out there. <laughs> so uh, we just want to continue to bless you guys, because sometimes you send them to church and build a good foundation in your house, but youth, they're sneaky. They're like clams sometimes. Like They'll just, you don't see, which is why faith is so important and to trust God that he's working and to be faithful. Don't give up because even when we don't see it, he's working. So uh, we have a little video just to kind of give you a more of a window of what's going on in youth. And we have lots of retreats, lots of events. We have random sleepovers. Uh, we just do a whole lot with the youth. So here's a little video. Summer camp, I don't know how to start it. I was lost with a broken heart. You bring me up, now I'm set apart. From the ash, I am born again. Forever safe in the Savior's hands.
that's been there and um, the different people that have been around me. Um, it's not a huge youth group, but um, it makes it more personalized. Um, everyone knows each other pretty well. Um, you know the pastors really well. And um, having that personalized um, relationships with everyone helps you grow um, together in God. And that has helped me um, find my calling, um, become better with prayer, and um, just getting closer to Jesus. So During summer camp, God helped stretch me in my leadership skills. 
Um, I was asked to give my testimony and it was my first time speaking in front of the youth, which is kind of scary, but now I'm more comfortable with it. And then during winter camp, um, I learned how to pray with people better. And I started with the worship team, which has also stretched me in stepping out for God. Hi, I'm Luke and the youth group. Um, it's given me like a place to practice like spreading the word of God and, and just being a better like leader and not having to like worry about being where everyone else is. I think that it helps me set an example because there's kids that like look up to me and stuff. And um, yeah, I think it's just like a good way to learn how to get into God. Should, you should come if you're a youth. Or Hi, my name's Lone. Um, and to be honest with everybody, I can't choose my favorite youth event because each individual event has um, moved so many different youth in so many different ways and they've had such a positive impact on every single person, every single person's lives that went there. Um, for me personally, God has changed my life because he's helped me to understand that he's always there with me and that even at times when we feel like we don't have anybody, he's always there with us. Um, he's also helped me to pray more. Going to those events actually helped me pray a lot more and they helped me understand that even though my prayers aren't answered the day after I pray them or the night of, um, they'll be answered in some way, shape or form. So thank you. So come to youth. That's our youth group. <laughs> uh, it's been so, such a blessing just uh, being the youth pastor to you guys' children and to this youth. Um, as you know now, it's Youth Sunday. <laughs> uh, our youth group is just blessed with a beautiful worship team that actually started this year. And um, that's not like me. That's not the leaders, that's God. God was working in them. And when we, like some of those youth, right away, when we asked them, oh no, never. <laughs> that was the answer. And that's probably the answer you guys get at home too. But as you see it here, there's growth and it will happen. So God is definitely moving in the youth of this church. Uh, he calls young and old. He is a God of generations. For those who don't know, our youth group is named Unbound. We meet every Wednesday and go to many retreats as well as events. During these events, we create an atmosphere for the spirit to move and hearts to receive. The movement in our youth has been contagious. At our snow retreat, there was a moment when we had a response, and again, youth, kind of slow for response for that winter retreat, but it happened. God met them there. They met God. And I just remember praying in tongues next to my wife, Pastor Rebecca. She was on the keys, and I opened my eyes. The youth are praying over each other. And they go down to the 
youth that are sitting down and praying over them. It was just, that's what I mean by matches. It was so contagious. They would just be filled with the Spirit, and the youth are amazing. They can't keep it to themselves. They're a generation of people. They like to be around people, which is why COVID's so hard for them. It's been a season of commitment, action, and breaking chains. Growing closer to God like never before. As great as youth group is, it is not the place where they live. They go home after these retreats. They go home after events and Wednesday nights. Today there's a question. What's at home? Is there chaos once the door opens? Is it a safe place? Is it a place of growth, of love? Is it a house centered by Christ? People always say talk is cheap. Your home is a place of action. A place that passes an inheritance. A place that lays down soil for your children. In Matthew 13, Jesus talks about the sower and different soils. Matthew 13, verse 9, oh, sorry, verse 3 through 9. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times that was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Jesus then goes on and explains that parable. That's how amazing Jesus is. He doesn't just throw you a riddle and say, solve it, peace out. No. Even us for today, he gave us the spirit. Like, we have him. So Matthew 13, verse 19 through 23. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of his life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. What are you mixing in your soil at home? Are your anxious thoughts becoming patterns for your children? Are you living one way but telling your child to live another? Are you dropping your kid off at church but not even going to church yourself? Is your house a house that contradicts God's word and causes confusion? 
before COVID hit, uh, I got into kind of maintaining our lawn, the front lawn and backyard. Uh, I thought, oh, let's cut some costs, costs by saying we don't need a gardener anymore. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> this is also uh, my first year of marriage, <laughs> just to let you guys know. <laughs> so there's a lot of moments where I go, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> Uh, my wife and I, we live in a homeowners association area where the rules and expectations to keep the value of the house are required. And it's to maintain a good house. Uh, trash needs to be put in bins, lawn needs to be maintained, your house needs to be visually pleasing. Last year, the HOA was not happy. <laughs> Uh, in front of our yard, there was just golfers galore and weeds everywhere. Well, okay, our front lawn was pretty good. It was just tall grass. Um, and my dad, he lent me, I told my dad, and we talk a lot. He goes, oh, you could use this extra mower. It's brand new. And so I took him up on it and took the mower home. And I mowed the front, and then I got to the back, and it's just weeds, like dirt and weeds in the back. And I go, I could just mow these weeds down instead of pulling each one, and I save so much time. I could do it. <laughs> so I mowed the weeds down, and uh, I was, I'm no gardening pro whatsoever. And I didn't even think, oh, if I mow the weeds down, guess what's stuck on the blade? So uh, a week and a half later, it was time to mow the front yard again. And I took the same mower, started it up, mowed the front lawn. Looks good. Even the gophers are kind of going away. I laid down some traps, too. I had no luck with catching any golfers, um, but I could do it, so I still tried. And uh, pretty soon, I noticed weeds started to sprout on the front lawn. And I'm like, there's no way it's from me. It's probably like the squirrels just like running stuff through the lawn and planting it in there. It's not from me. I know it's not from me. Uh, and then I thought some more, okay, really, Nick, squirrels, come on. It's probably our neighbor's yard. Our neighbor has a lawn that connects to our yard. That's how we got the gophers, too, by the way. It's like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. If second service, if he watches it, I might change it a little <laughs> But uh, I was thinking maybe it's the neighbor's yard. Like their mower sometimes goes all over the place. They shoot things out. I don't know. Maybe they throw some picked weeds and throw it on our lawn. And I thought about it some more. Okay, well, it's the wind. Maybe the wind blew the pollen of the weeds. And then I came to a realization. I'm just being ridiculous. I'm putting the blame everywhere else except for myself. I had to take ownership. I had to go, I messed up. 
I carried some weeds into a field where there weren't much. So, after that last excuse, the truth of the matter came out. Don't let the lie you can't control what your house does. My kids aren't affected by my battles. Or kids will be kids. Or even your children have to learn through failure. The world is full of sin, but God is a pillar of strength. Through Christ, all things are possible. Choose what kind of soil you throw down at your house. What you cultivate in your family. God didn't just bless and choose Abraham in the Bible. He chose his children and future generations. Center your house around Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. My dad, I love him. He's a first-generation Christian in his family. Um, His dad kind of grew up Catholic a little bit, um, more as a religious check mark. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I, I didn't know my grandpa too much, but based off of <laughs> what I saw, uh, it was go and come back. And then I didn't see what the church was like out his house. Um, so my dad, being the first generation Christian in his family, he set a tone of obeying God. (laughs) He broke my sister's CDs that had foul language galore. (laughs) He told me I should never, oh, he he told me never to take a job that fights for your Sunday. Honor God in everything you do. He gave me a hard time for working out on a Sunday. (laughs) He wanted our house to be a foundation. And my mom, (laughs) my mom's here right now. (laughs) My mom was showing me her relationship with Christ as she served on the worship team and even as the junior youth pastor. Everywhere I went in church, She was there. (laughs) But it was amazing because that church setting, I didn't feel like I was her son right there. It felt like I was part of the youth group. So they threw down soil that was rich. But I inherited some weeds in my yard. My dad, he, uh, he has anxiety. And growing up as a kid, you don't really understand where certain thoughts come from. So that became a pattern for me. It didn't become my feeling inside and what drives me, but it carved a pattern for me in my life. Um, I started to criticize myself And when tasks would pop up that I didn't know how to do or weren't sure of the outcome, I'd withdraw because I was afraid of failure. 
because I didn't know what that route of going through everything was because anxiety is a wall. It is a block. It's a chain. It holds you back. I was shy growing up, and the bondage of fear started for me. As I grew up, I started fearing situations, the outcomes I couldn't control. Um, And I realized at a later age, my thoughts were my security. I didn't know how to dive deep with people. I didn't know how to love unconditionally. I turned 13, and as bondage grew and roots of anxiety strengthened, I got to a point in my spiritual walk and couldn't dive deeper. I didn't know how to pray for others. I would go to retreats with our youth group, still loved Jesus, still knew God the Father, but it felt like there was a haziness in my spiritual life, and I just didn't know what there was. So any altar call, any call to break chains or dive deeper, I just drew a blank, and I don't know. I don't know, God. Help, I don't know. When I was 16, I was living under God and had the relationship with Christ, but the hazy confusion fusion was too much. I went to a Holy Spirit conference, and I sought the Father. I made my heart an altar and rejected my thoughts of self-doubt, thoughts of I'm not good enough. And when I did that, I was, it wasn't just me on my own. My youth pastor helped me. He said, search God. You feel like you can't go deeper. Tongues are meant for everyone who believes. You will get it, but you need to get closer to God for it. The Holy Spirit heals and empowers to break chains. Maybe you laid a foundation, that of Christ. You pointed to God not only in speech, but action as well. Don't let anxiety, stress, depression, or bitterness take root. Your child knows where to turn. Pray for them. Don't give up. But give the weight to the Lord. He is the balcony waiting for your child to return. The inheritance is still theirs when they turn to God, when a child of God knows the Father. I knew the Father because my parents. Sometimes I wouldn't want to go to youth group. Sometimes I'd want to just play video games or do other stuff. That's going to happen. But they said, nope, you're part of youth group. You go to youth group. And that created a foundation that gave me something to turn towards, God. So with my patterns of stress and self-doubt, I knew the only person that could do this is God, because that's what my family told me is God's the answer. Wherever you are, God, God, God. My family was 
and is very much involved in the church. And that helped me. They were throwing down good soil. Luke 15, 18 through 21. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you, or I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. The story doesn't end there. He gets his servants to prepare a banquet, and he throws his cloak on him. When I turned to God and said, sorry for letting my thoughts run my life instead of the Spirit, he still had his inheritance, and he lavished me. And he'll lavish your children, too. As worship team comes up, we're going to play some music, and this is going to be an altar call. This is going to be a time for families to come up and pray for your house, for your families, for your children, your future generations, even your parents. So make a choice to break chains. Have something stop here and now. Don't let it be passed on to future generations. Don't let it be a weed that gets planted into somebody else's field. Pull those weeds and clean the soil of your house. Prayer partners will come up, and if you want a house of peace, if you want your future generations to receive blessings, if you want to see your family serve the Lord, if you want better Come up and pray with them. Declare, denounce, realign, draw a line. In Joshua 24:15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of Amorites, in whose land you are living. But... As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Draw that line. With youth group, we do a lot of altar calls. A lot. I tell the kids all the time, let Wednesday be a refresh, a restart button for you. It's a place where you can say, I'm letting it go, and I'm not going to grab it again. In my story of the lawnmower, there was nothing wrong with the lawnmower. It was what I was doing with the lawnmower. I was not cleaning it. I wasn't taking care of it. 
sometimes God gives us tools in our life. He gives you fruits, that's for sure. You have fruits of the Spirit. If you don't use it right, if you don't take care of it, some weeds are going to pop up. So with our prayer partners, you guys, we just want to bless you guys. We have youth up here. They uh, receive tongues of the Spirit. And they're exercising prophetic prayer. So maybe you're here saying, Pastor Nick, nah, my family's good. My house is good. We got good soil. Come up and see blessings. Let it be a time where you set your heart, your heart as an altar. So we're gonna sing some worship songs. And as we do, come on up. Receive prayer. You could choose whatever people you want to pray over you. If there's a line, just wait it out. And be blessed.
Yeah.
if you're praying, you can still be praying. Um, the way we're going to officially close out service tonight, or today, sorry, I'm used to saying night, <laughs> is we're going to declare it now in worship. Because when you bring any battle to God, any struggle to God, there's a victory. And that battle is already won. Yeah, we might not see it right away, but have faith because there's a victory. Let's all stand.